0: WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com.
1: We're going to take a trip right now. Like we always do about this time. This is a journey into
0: sound. Break it down. I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. On Saturday, May 21st, the Haitian Association of Indiana will be hosting a Haitian Flag Day music festival at the McAllister Amphitheater in Garfield Park. The event will feature over a dozen bands, DJs, and performers, including stars of Haitian music like T-Vice, Jacout No. 1, and the legendary Haitian band Ram, known for their unique blend of Haitian voodoo music and rock and roll. for the next hour, I'll be speaking with the founder of RAM, Richard A. Morris. Morris has had a fascinating journey in music. He began his career in the late 1970s, playing punk rock and new wave music in famous East Coast clubs like CBGBs and City Gardens. But during the late 1980s, Morris left the United States for Haiti, forming RAM in 1990. Richard A. Morris will join me in just a moment. But first, let's hear a classic track from Ram. Of their 2001 album, Kite Yo Parle, this is Kite Yojuda Pale*. Ram with Kite Yojuda Pale. And Ram will be performing at the Haitian Flag Day Music Festival at the McAllister Amphitheater in Garfield Park on May 21st. Advanced tickets are available at eventbrite.com. Let's join my conversation with Richard A. Morse of Ram. Richard, Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm a huge fan of your music. I'm incredibly excited that Ram will be making their first performance here in Indianapolis very soon. So thank you for joining me today.
2: Our pleasure. Our pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be playing in uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, everything. It's all good.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Ram has been going for about 30 years now, right? It's an incredible legacy in music you guys have.
2: A uh, lot of songs. A yeah. lot of songs, a lot of years. Never would have expected.
0: I want to give our listeners a sense of your background before forming Ram. Uh, you played in some interesting new wave and punk bands uh, in your younger days, and you come from a musical family, right? Your mother is Emerante right. de Pradine, a very important right. figure in Haitian music. She recorded for Folkways Records in the 1950s. Tell me a little bit about the Um, the role of music in your life growing up.
2: How do I say this? My parents are a mixed race family. Uh, My mom is Haitian. My dad is from Connecticut and they got married in 1954. And I think that they made a decision back then to, to bring us up as uh, American kids, um, me and my sister. And then they said, as we grow older, if we got decisions that we want to make or take, then that's up to us. You know, there was always a guitar hanging around. My mom was a singer. Uh, she was a dancer. So I spent a lot of time at uh, at the dance school. I spent a lot of time at rehearsals. I spent a lot of time at at performances backstage. So I kind of grew up in, in that performing arts uh, background. My dad was a professor. My mom was a professor. So two intellectuals bringing us up. Uh, I was brought up by smart people. And so, you know, I can't say it came from me. I, I think that that uh, a lot of that legacy stuff comes from them. I I started playing music personally, uh, my senior year in college. And some friends were putting together a band. They didn't have a bass player. so So I bought a bass and started playing in that band and I think we rehearsed for like two years before really starting to play and uh, still you know American kids spoke English uh, very little French I know a street down New Jersey way I know a
1: street down New Jersey way
2: And when I was in that band, which was called Groceries, um, a French producer thought that we had this island sound and he couldn't understand why these kids in the middle of New Jersey had this island sound. And so he asked everyone where where they were from. And um, and when I told him that my mom was Haitian, uh, you know, his, he, he just like lit up. And he said, you shouldn't be here. He said, you ought to be in Haiti. You ought to be in Haiti, um, you know, being influenced by Haitian music. And it's odd because the first thing that popped into my head wasn't uh, the Haitian merengue. The first thing that popped into my head was voodoo rhythms. You know, I don't I didn't even know what they were. I didn't know anything about voodoo. I didn't know. It just, I just had these pictures of forests and and drummers, and it just seemed, it just seemed so that that's what I wanted. The band said, you know, no, <laughs> no to going to Haiti. This is, this is like 80, 83, 84, it must have been 83 or 84, 1983. And so uh eventually they asked me to leave the band and uh I went to New York for a bit and I met a lot of artists I worked for Steve Rubell and I met Basquiat and I met Warhol and I met uh I worked with Francesco Clemente and uh and Kenny Sharp and, and and the artists that were you know kind of doing things at that time and uh but I you know I still wasn't really done with music and this idea of going to Haiti kept popping back into my head. So, uh, finally in 1985, I, I, uh, I packed, you know, what little clothes I had. I took a bass guitar and, uh, a drum machine and a Fostex four track recorder. And my mom brought me to Haiti. She, you know, the, the, the whole family was freaking out. Uh, and my mom brought me to Haiti and she had a school for poor kids in Marti song And so that's 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 where I set up my base in Marti song And then I started asking people where the voodoo ceremonies were, and you know, people just thought I was, you know, nuts. Uh I finally got to a voodoo ceremony. I thought I would sit back uh, and record, but you know, they they made us sit up front. And they were watching us and, and I recorded some of the rhythms and, the, and they were so complex and so, you know, I didn't know what to do. It took us uh, five years to put the band together. I didn't get the band together till uh, nineteen ninety, and by that time I was back at the Hotel Olufsen,
1: hmm.
2: and uh, and I met my wife, and my future wife, and she was in a dance troupe. This is probably back in eighty eight, and so I hired that dance troupe, and then it turns out that the folklore and the voodoo used the same kind of drums and the rhythms and stuff and she had amazing drummers once I made that connection you know I started working with the drummers and uh and you know we didn't really know what to do so we just started working on songs and stuff and it turns out that uh, the rhythms have like this pop format I mean they have breaks they have bridges they have they have all kinds of things within the within the drums and so I was able to at first, English because I, you know that, that's how I wrote music back then, and I didn't foresee a Haitian audience. I I for I thought I would go back to New York with with dance music, uh, but I never thought you know I'm going to be playing Haitian music for Haitians. And then my wife joined, and she started singing. And it turns out she's a great singer. And so, uh, and I also discovered that the Haitian traditional songs um, were beautiful songs. They had beautiful messages. They had beautiful melodies. And so I started instead of just composing songs, I started interpreting Haitian songs. And 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 my wife would sing them. And that's really how we how we began to develop a Haitian audience.
0: I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest this week is Richard A. Morse of the legendary Haitian band Ram. And Ram will be performing in Indianapolis on Saturday, May 21st, at the Haitian Flag Day Music Festival in Garfield Park. Let's return to my conversation with Richard A. Morse. <laughs> Richard, you mentioned the band you really started your music career with, the Groceries, a punk rock new wave band from the East Coast. You made a couple recordings with the Groceries and had some. Seems like you had some success with that group. Um, oh, we made a living at it. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, were Tell me about the Groceries.
2: Right. Yeah. At first, we were playing in New York because it was because that was the scene, and uh, CBGBs, uh, Max's Kansas City. But then uh disco died and it turns out that Disco was financing Punk in New mm, Wave. Mm. And so uh so all those cl- clubs closed down and we had to kind of retreat to um, to Jersey, which is where we where we lived in a, in a farmhouse. And we got this weekly gig in Trenton, New Jersey, at a place called City Gardens, which is mm. you know, if you look up King yeah. Touch City Gardens, famous it's a, venue. It's a, amazing place and that's where uh british bands would do their first gig when they were touring the u.s Mm, mm. and since since we were the house band we would open up for these bands and we we opened up for bow wow wow gang of four the thompson twins um wall of voodoo uh you know a lot of a lot of pretty hip bands at the time and uh and you know we were we, we would play in Princeton, uh, you know, four four out of the five people in the band had graduated from Princeton. And so uh, we we were huge in Princeton. Uh, we played at the eating clubs. People would be climbing in windows and up the fire escape to get to the gigs. Uh, they had these community park north uh, performances where they would get 100 to 200, 300 people to show up at these gigs. I, we played there. I think 3,000 people showed up. So, so we had a certain notoriety in, in, in mid Jersey, which is what how we referred to it. But, uh, we played at the Asbury, Asbury park. We played at the fast lane. We didn't play at the stone pony. Uh, we played at big man's West, which was in red bank, which belonged to Clarence Clemens of, uh, of the East street band. Um, so we we became this like Jersey band, but not like the Jersey copy bands, like Twisted Sister and stuff. Like you know, original bands that there weren't many of us. There was a scene up in uh in in at the Dirt Club in Newark, New Jersey. Bands like the Smithereens used to play there. Um, you know, we were a Jersey band. We never went national. We were just huge in mid Jersey. Are you here?
0: And I wanted to ask you how your experiences in punk rock music carried over to the work you did with Ram. And on paper, you know, Haitian music, punk rock music, they might look like worlds apart. But you know, there's an energy that that I hear in both of those musics. Like if you the Haitian carnival music, it's very up tempo and fast paced. And there was also a rebelliousness to punk rock that you brought to the work you did with Ram. Tell me about how your work in punk carried over to your work with Ram in Haiti, if anything did, in in your opinion.
2: Ned Sublet likes to say that I showed how uh, voodoo and, and rock were connected. Hmm. Um, because at first we were just kind of singing, you know, rock songs with voodoo choruses and with voodoo rhythms. And, um, and then I started making uh, discoveries like I was able to play a nago rhythm, which is a Haitian voodoo rhythm and the blues and and so it kind of made that connection with the with the blues and the blues the idea of the blues coming from africa and then evolving into an american uh uh type of music and all that so all that i learned about song structure and composing when i was in um in groceries uh it's the pop songs we do uh learn from that but for instance the carnival songs the carnival songs are, are taken from like the ceremonies um, in ceremonies. They sing a bunch of songs tied together one after another. It's not like one song is, is worked on as a whole. It's like a a, a set of songs uh, tied together. And so the carnival songs, like we would uh, at first we would do like five songs and then when you're switching keys then you have to figure out a way musically to switch the keys and stuff and that's how uh our carnival songs uh ended up being the way they were um the carnival was more of a band thing uh it wasn't it wasn't my idea to to do the carnival songs i was getting pressure from my musicians um to do the carnival songs and I said, look, I, I said, I don't mind doing carnival songs. Except that we're not going to sing about putting our hands in the air and, and, and coming through Shun Mars. The songs have to be musical. And the songs have to stand on their own outside of carnival. And so, uh, and you have to understand, I didn't, in New England, I didn't grow up with carnival. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, just like I didn't grow up with the World Cup, Uh, I didn't know about the world cup till I was 16 years old and I was in Brazil. So there were, there were, there were certain things I learned from Haitians and there's certain things that Haitians learn from me, I guess, as far as subject matter goes, I mean, if you're going to sing a song and, and, and a million people are going to hear your song, you might as well say something, might as well say something that, uh, that's meaningful to those, to those people. Um, Especially when there's a lot of injustice going around. Uh, And I found that to be the case. I also found out from the band uh, when you sing in metaphor and having a message hidden inside the metaphor. uh, So, you know, so a a song could sound like it's talking about one thing, but it could mean something else. And that's really uh, what uh, Ram really got kind of famous for. Uh, singing songs uh, that people could interpret uh, socially, and, and 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 in a way that it w- would affect their lives, and many people say politically.
0: Yeah, there was a. I think the last time we spoke, you told me that some of these ancient voodoo songs you were performing with Ram had these sort of natural metaphors that were depicting things that were happening politically in the country at that time
2: yeah and i mean and and that's that's the strength and the value of of the songs yeah and and the medium and uh and you know you could you could be thinking one thing when you when you're singing the song but when the song comes out and it's carnival people people won't necessarily interpret it the way you thought it was going to be interpreted
0: You know, and I did want to ask you about the political commentary uh, carried in Ram's music. This got you in some trouble over the years with the Haitian government and the, the military. I know you've had songs banned. Uh, you had the power cut off during your performances. Tell me about some of the conflicts you've been in um, with the music and the subjects you're singing about.
2: Yeah, we get in trouble. I mean, there were there was a, an attempt on our lives in carnival at one point uh we we weren't invited to carnival we still don't get invited to very many carnivals um someone someone said you know it's it's your lyrics that's why you don't get invited to carnival and and uh so i did a instrumental carnival song (laughs) (laughs) called symphony and uh and we still didn't get invited so so someone said it sounded like a demonstration um, yeah we've had people uh you know come into the hotel uh we've had musicians arrested in the middle of a show um we've had the sound our sound man come up you know while we're performing and, and telling us to end the show and get out of here uh you know we've survived We've survived all of this, though not everyone has survived all of this. Because uh, my chief of security was killed, uh, along with uh, maybe half dozen, dozen other people in Carnival one year. You don't want to die. You know, you want to, you want to give the messages. Uh, you want to say what's up, uh, and so you're, you're, you're constantly uh, sort of in a balance of saying what needs to be said. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to duck. Uh, we've been fortunate. Uh, my wife constantly reminds me that, uh, you know, I have family and a horse has a tail. I think I think that's the, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you can be jumping over the fire, but your tail can get burned. So, you know, I'm not as reckless as I may have been at one point. Um, but I've also met a lot of people that, that influence things. And so, so sometimes, you know, it's a phone call or it's a meeting or, or you, you talk to people instead of having to use social media or, or songs to get the message across. Um, but, but, you know, it's important that the message comes out Hmm. and it's important that, people who are suffering, which is the great majority of Haitians, it's important that they know that they have people backing them up. I think that's, I think that's critical. I think, I think the Haitian people like to know that they're supported and that there are people on their side. And, um, and that's really where, you know, I mean, it's the Haitian people that taught me about the music and the culture and the, and the traditions. And so that, that, that is that's where I am. That's, those are the people who reached out to me. And so I, you know, whenever I'm in a situation, I try and reach out to them.
0: I'm curious, what's going through your mind when you're on stage and you're you know, your sound man is coming up to you and, and telling you there's this threat. If you continue the performance, there's a threat of potential violence on you or your band. I mean what I'm just that just seems so foreign to me. What you close kind of, it down? Yeah. <laughs> you close it down. You say,
2: Well, he looks serious, let's shut this down. You yeah. know.
0: But how, uh, how does that influence sure. your mindset going in, going forward with the band and playing the next gig, knowing that this could happen again? And yeah, kind of where are you at mentally when something like that's unfolding around you?
2: Uh, you know, it's been going on a long time. Yeah, we're musicians, and so uh, you know, people hire us to do gigs, and that's what we do. And so you know, that's just what we do. That's what it is. And uh, and so, you know, that's, we don't focus on the negative. We focus on the positive.
0: Cultural Manifesto will return with more words and music from Richard A. Morse of RAM after this short break. I'm Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest this week is Richard A. Morse of the legendary Haitian band, Ram. And Ram will be performing in Indianapolis on Saturday, May 21st, at the Haitian Flag Day Music Festival in Garfield Park. The event lasts from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., and will feature over a dozen bands, DJs, and performers, including stars of Haitian music like T-Vice and Jacoute No. 1. Advanced tickets are available at eventbrite.com. Before we return to my conversation with Richard A. Morse, let's hear an early track from Ram. The band's biggest exposure in the United States came in 1993 when their song Ibo Lele was featured on the soundtrack of the Academy Award-winning film Philadelphia, And we'll listen to that track now. That was Ram with Ibo Lede, and Ram's Richard A. Morse is my guest this week. Morse comes from an important family of musicians in Haiti. His mother, Emirante de Pradeen, was an important singer, dancer, and folklorist. In 1954, Pradeen recorded five songs for Folkways Records on an album titled Creole Songs of Haiti. Let's hear an example. Bye. be Richard, I Richard, if you don't mind, I wanted to ask one more question about your mom. You know, the foundation sure. of Ram's music, as you've mentioned, is voodoo music, right? The rhythms, the right. songs. You know, in the 1950s, your mom made a couple very notable recordings of voodoo music. And I believe this right. was during a time when that was not the fashionable or socially acceptable thing to do is to, you know, present these songs in a... It's such never fat. Ar- <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know, that's it's an, just wonderful. That's an it's interesting just wonderful Yeah, that's an interesting parallel there. And when did you kind of become aware of, you know, your mom's work in in that vein, of these recordings? Well, yeah.
2: I grew up with it because she was singing and dancing and, and doing choreographies of the folklore. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with it in New Haven. I just didn't know what it was. And I didn't quite understand that what i was doing what i was looking for when i went to haiti is what i had grown up with and what she had been doing Mm. and even my grandfather who was a haitian singer and he was probably the prototype for the haitian troubadour um Mm. he sang voodoo songs also and so uh although he composed a lot of songs my mom didn't compose songs she just uh interpreted songs Whereas my grandfather wrote songs and interpreted songs, but I think he wrote more than he interpreted mm-hmm. um i I write songs, but I love the voodoo songs so much that I find myself um, resorting to them often uh there are song there are carnival songs where I'll write a couple of verses or something but 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 I'm so um enthralled with these songs and their melodies and their messages that, that, that I'm, I'm just happy playing those songs. But uh, my mom was, you know, I didn't, I was walking down the street with her in Brooklyn one time and, and someone stopped her because my dad would always tell us she was famous and she was really special human being, but we just kind of saw her as our mom. So, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't know what he was talking about. But then as I grew older, I saw her, someone stopped her in the street in Brooklyn and, and said, oh, you're Emirat de Pradeen, you know. And so that was really the first time I saw strangers just kind of stopping her in the street. Um. But over time, you know, when I first got to Haiti, it's funny because I used to say, you know, I'm the son of Emirat de Pradeen. And then later, like 20 years later, then she would be saying, I'm the mother of RAM. (laughs) So, uh,
1: you know.
0: Richard, you mentioned the complexity of a mixed-race marriage in the United States in the 1950s when your parents got married. Um, I'm curious how you were received in Haiti. Was there any pushback against, you know, you being a mixed-race person, born and raised in the United States, getting involved in the culture? Did you ever get any pushback they don't. Yeah. They
2: don't see me as a mixed race person. They just mm. see me as a white guy. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a, um, did you get any pushback as a
0: white guy then? <laughs> they,
2: uh, they thought, who, who, what, what, who is this white guy? You know, what's he doing? Why is he doing voodoo songs? You know, oh, his wife is cool, but who is he? You know, uh, people just didn't understand. And then eventually, they found out that who my mom was. And then things started to make sense uh, because, you know, there I was doing kind of what she did. Although my grandfather was political in his songs. My mom, my mom was spiritual. Hmm. Um, We're spiritual, but interpreted politically.
1: Hmm.
2: So, um, so it's, it's kind of different. Yeah, it took, I mean, and the world, I, I don't think the world music community outside of Haiti understood for decades that that my mom was Haitian. so I, I think that they just thought I was you know stealing Haitian culture. Hmm. Um, I think eventually people found out uh, that that my mom was Haitian and 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 that I was just carrying on kind of family traditions you know, we're all different colors. I mean, my, I have a, I had a half brother who was very dark and my sister's lighter. I'm the whitest looking. So it's odd that I, I'm the one that ended up being the artist doing this stuff, but I just figured that that's the, the spirit world wanted to confuse the Haitian <laughs> audience and the, and the world music audience. I think they just, I think they did it on purpose. I think I'm just a cruel joke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did any of those misconceptions that uh, audiences were having about you, did any of that ever get in your head, make you think twice about whether this was the right path for you?
2: It didn't make me think about whether it was the right path because I love it. Yeah. But, you know, I was in in Edinburgh and, and, you know, like sometimes you're, I'm talking into the microphone and I, you know, I have a pretty strong American accent. And so to be presenting Haitian music with this kind of accent and with this kind of look, you know, it, uh, it confuses people, but, uh, but that's the reality of it nowadays. I mean, people are growing up, Haitians are growing up in the, in the diaspora without speaking Creole, you know? And so, uh, And there's mixed race people now, uh, a lot more than there was back then. And, uh, you know, and and the world's changing and and people just got to deal with it. And, you know, people got people just got to deal. People got to learn how to deal with with things that aren't the way they expect them to be. You know,
0: I'm Kyle Long and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest this week is Richard A. Morse of the legendary Haitian band Ram. Ram will be performing in Indianapolis on Saturday, May 21st at the Haitian Flag Day Music Festival in Garfield Park. Let's pause and listen to another classic track from Ram. This is Pra Dominon Simicha. Kyle Long, and you're listening to Cultural Manifesto. My guest this week is Richard A. Morse of the legendary Haitian band Ram. Ram will be performing in Indianapolis on Saturday, May 21st at the Haitian Flag Day Music Festival in Garfield Park. You can purchase advance tickets at Eventbrite.com. Let's return to my conversation with Richard A. Morse. And Richard, you're going to be here with RAM in Indianapolis. Right. The Haitian Association right. of Indiana is bringing you here. Uh, you're going to be playing for Wonder. Haitian Flag Day. Yeah, what does it mean to you? You know, the instability in Haiti over the years has led to uh, a lot of residents migrating to different parts of the world, not because they wanted to leave behind their country and culture, but because, you know, they needed to pursue better uh, economic uh, realities, right? It means right. so much to this community when artists like you come and play in a place like Indiana. What does it mean to you to reconnect with with these people? One fans? of the
2: first times we played in Brooklyn, we played in the streets. And, uh, and I saw this elder woman while we were performing. Uh, she opened up her arms and she looked up to... I don't know if she was looking at God or the sky or what, but I could see that she was just trying to absorb it all. And so, so that's when I, I really knew the importance of coming and traveling and playing for Haitians abroad. Um, you can't, what we do and what Haitian bands do, you can't get it anywhere else so so it's important uh for the diaspora community uh i'm glad that uh that uh you know the music we even in even in the haitian music business what we do is controversial i don't know if they're afraid that if we get too popular all the bands are going to have to do the same thing you know what i mean i don't i don't know uh you know we go we go years without getting to uh to festivals or, or or whatever but we've been able to develop a uh a following wow. so that you know we can survive and we could just gig we can we can we can survive that way um after covid we started even before covid we just started doing our own tours and uh and That's really worked out for us because after COVID, now we're starting to get a lot of uh more offers. It's difficult to, to play in this in Haiti because you don't know when something's going to get canceled, but it's you know in uh Florida, uh, Atlanta, Washington, you know, New Jersey, Boston, Brooklyn, Manhattan, and now Indianapolis. I mean, this is great. This mm-hmm. is uh, we're you know, we're really looking forward to
0: this. It seems like, Richard, the band is stronger now than ever, really. You know, you've made two really incredible albums in the last few years. You know, when I first became a fan of Ram, the music was almost impossible to find here in the States. Now you have the entire Ram discography online for purchase at <laughs> Bandcamp. <laughs> I think it's on Spotify, too, if people want to stream. yeah, You have a website, yeah. ramhaiti.com. The music is yeah. very accessible now to people outside of Haiti. It feels like it's stronger now than it's ever been. Would you agree with that?
2: In some ways, yeah. You know, I have to agree with you. I mean, you know, you look at YouTube and, you know, you get you see a million views, two million views, three million views. I mean, you know, it's 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 spreading. It's spreading. I mean, we're supposed to play in uh, Glastonbury this summer wow. and in WOMAD wow. and. So we'll be going to Europe, uh, if they don't all go to war. Right. right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, I, the, the Getty parties that we do in November that we've done in Haiti, I've wanted to do Getty tours for decades and that's finally happening. I mean, uh, since the nineties, I've wanted to do these tours and, uh, and now we've done three or four where we're playing, you know, Brooklyn, Jersey, uh boston uh florida you know that's that's wonderful so so i'm glad that people are seeing us uh musically but i i think people tend to to listen to us when there's trouble at home
0: hmm.
2: i think uh haitians like uh sometimes they like to hear that that trouble addressed in songs
0: yeah, Richard, I can't thank you enough for taking time to speak with me today. Like I said, I'm a huge, right. huge fan of everything you do, and I'm excited to see you here in Indianapolis, and I know uh, well, the Haitian community is excited to see you too. So,
2: All right, well, we're looking forward to this.
0: My guest this week has been Richard A. Morse of Ram. Let's listen to a track off their latest album, August 1791. This is Ram with Otsia. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you to my guest, Richard A. Morse of RAM. RAM will be performing in Indianapolis on Saturday, May 21st at the Haitian Flag Day Music Festival in Garfield Park. You can purchase advance tickets at eventbrite.com. I'm Kyle Long, and you've been listening to Cultural Manifesto.